0: One of my favorite things she said was I've eaten so much humble pie it's amazing I still fit in this dress. Mm. I love that line. A because perfect of that,
1: that- blend of delusion and fat phobia. Delusion and fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, hello everybody. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture and sometimes sometimes we do housewives episode recaps yeah we did an episode about housewives a while back with our lovely guest host emer and we got a lot of love for that episode and a lot of like interest in the real housewives of salt lake and what they're doing about mormonism on that show Mm -hmm. so new season started last night yeah season three episode one Yep. And we're going to give the people what they want and do a nice little episode one recap.
0: Before we dive in, I'm going to make myself a mocktail. Oh, 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 oh. yes. So I thought that was appropriate. And by mocktail, I mean... Ooh. um, I caught 80. a little
1: bit of that fizz.
0: That I'm was glad. really nice. Good, 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 good. It's a Safeway brand LaCroix with a strawberry in it for that those who aren't watching.
1: Marvelous. Katie. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like they are just always (laughs) drinking cocktails on that show. They really are.
1: So on Watch What Happens Live after the episode, which is Andy Cohen's late night talk show for folks who don't know, Lisa and Whitney were on talking about the episode and they played a game where Andy asked them questions and they could either answer or they had to like chug diet soda. (laughs) And so Lisa's (laughs) holding this huge like soda. And I was just like, "That's the most Mormon game." That's
0: I love perfect. It so much. That's so genius. There were two things I wanted to mention. First, my name is Katie. We're so bad at this. <laughs> Why do we always
1: forget to say our names? My name is Elisa.
0: Yeah, we like to just dive right in. <laughs> I also wanted to mention we ended up kind of like switching some of our episodes around. I think in the last episode, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about Lori Vallow and "Sins of the Mother" this week, mm-hmm. but we wanted to give real housewives the attention yeah
1: you know time is of the essence when a new episode comes out every week so we're gonna go with this one for now and sins of our mother is on deck for next week so if you're if you're anxiously awaiting that horror you won't have to wait too long
0: yeah that's a that's a rough one but lots of fun stuff coming up too we've got some fun spooky season yeah we're situations. going hard for
1: Halloween, folks, because yep. Halloween is the best. Let's be Halloween's honest. really important to me. Now that we're talking about Halloween, being a Mormon kid and celebrating Halloween. Oh, my God. So much drama. I feel like every Halloween was on a Sunday, even though I know that's <laughs> not true. The most powerful memories I have of Halloween as a kid is not being allowed to trick or treat. Mm slash sneaking out ah, trick-or-treat
0: i remember doing that too yeah and just like your mom making you wear a long sleeved um turtleneck T-shirt. underneath yes. your princess costume or whatever yes.
1: to be modest but also to like i guess keep warm i whatever. don't know how cold yeah. was it in the pacific northwest let's be right. it real
0: it's 50 55 i would have lived <sighs> I know, I know. Anyways. It does seem like every Halloween was on a Sunday. Also, that every Christmas was on a Sunday wasn't that the worst? Oh, and then you had to like go to church, yeah, on Christmas, on Christmas? Day. I know. And it was Brutal. shorter, and it was like it's a Christmas program. It's, yes, it's, it's different. It's fun. And to be fair, it was always better than the regular service. But yes, but <sighs>
1: if you had like nine a.m. church, it's like when are we going to open those presents
0: later? Ah, uh, night. So much childhood trauma. Can we also talk about how unfair it is that church is two hours long now? I know. Come on, we suffered for three hours a week, our whole lives. Our whole lives. How dare crazy? You? Yeah. Today's Mormons don't know how good they have it.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a little, you know, journey. But yeah. let's come back to the episode. So we kick off honestly the first three minutes I had chills they're just kind of setting up the conflicts of the season yeah and all the alliances are shifting and that's exciting to me I love a shifting alliance
0: it makes me feel unstable I immediately was like I'm upset why are Heather and Whitney being so mean to each other Mm -hmm. you know and I the know, conflict between they're cousins, between cousins. they're just yeah, distant these. cousins, and uh, Meredith and Lisa are, are now apparently just saying the most awful things you can say about oh another gosh. human being, yeah, and just rolling with it.
1: So for anyone who doesn't remember the bombshell of last season, Lisa gets angry one night. She claims that she thought she was no longer Mike. And that she was just like talking, like venting to a producer or something. And she goes off on Meredith and is just like, Meredith is a whore. Meredith, cheats on her husband. Meredith's husband is a deadbeat. They can't afford a house, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on and on. And this season starts not long after that aired. Mm -hmm. And they had the reunion. So there hasn't been like a resolution
0: right they have not even touched again yeah they haven't spoken yeah. yeah
1: so we kick off with that one thing i wrote in my notes was that i want to go to that steaming rooftop pool that jen and meredith go to yes is these that locations is it in park I, city it,
0: it seemed a little bit park city
1: i need to know
0: yeah it is a gigantic rooftop
1: hot yeah. tub yes yeah and I they're there in the winter and, and they had like... so
0: much gear on like their hair was so <laughs> big and done and they have these huge earrings and these insane bathing suits and they're trying so hard not to get their hair wet yes I love one thing it. we
1: know about Meredith is she loves a blazer with accent buttons and she had accent buttons on her bathing suit yes Consistent. it was
0: cringy I love her love how Meredith is like confiding in Jen Mm -hmm. which is interesting since
1: all last season she was on a crusade against Jen
0: right and maybe now that Jen has just been brought down several pegs maybe now she's just more like they have pity or she's more approachable
1: I don't know because at the time that this was filmed Jen was still being like I'm innocent I'm innocent
0: Sure, but she like had to downsize her house and like... yeah.
1: that was one scene that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> she was complaining about her 4500 square foot house. Yeah. I'm over here in my like Bay Area apartment. Right. With like
0: one closet. Yeah. She had like up. a thousand square foot house yeah, in the middle like, of nowhere. Just, Please. I don't,
1: I don't really feel bad for you. You you <laughs> like defrauded
0: the elderly and you're like oh 4,500 square feet and I'm innocent <laughs> um I just but can't. I did love how Jen told Meredith she should monetize her fight with Lisa by making t-shirts
1: that was hilarious
0: that was really funny I actually at that moment I was like what's Jen's sign and I looked her up and she's a Scorpio oh that so, tracks yeah honestly like
1: great business advice I think so it's that's a stuff fun Sal. we have a sit down between Lisa and Heather another weird pairing since they like yeah. have hated each other famously i loved the flashback to the reunion where lisa was like i never called you shrek <laughs> uh, which by uh, the way she definitely did and like yeah what a thing to call a person that is so brutal to say that out loud lisa is a delight and a horror <laughs> ruled into one
0: She Mm -hmm. is so fascinating to me because she's so just unaware and just kind of stupid, but also like, you know, she's not.
1: Yes. Right. Uh, uh, She's very calculated.
0: It's just very confusing to me. One of my favorite things she said was, I've eaten so much humble pie. It's amazing. I still fit in this dress. Mm. I love that line. A perfect
1: blend of delusion and fat phobia. Delusion and (laughs) fat phobia. (laughs) exactly Uh, yeah Lisa is pretty iconic she's Mormon 2.0 the reason she and Heather are sitting down is to talk through like what do I do about this Meredith situation I said these things and Meredith is mad at me but like even as they're addressing that problem Lisa is like well I wasn't coming for her I was just in a blind rage
0: yeah that's not As an if, excuse. That doesn't mean anything.
1: Right. It's it's meaningless. It's yeah. silly. As if, like, the things you say in a blind rage don't count. Right. She also later in the episode talks to Meredith's husband, Seth, and does a lot of kind of similar sort of like, well, I'm responsible for all my sisters, which, what? What are we talking about? And yeah. like, no one ever checks in on me. So she's like not actually being accountable for saying horrible things about her good friend
0: right she should be and should have done several weeks earlier like get on your knees like beg forgiveness what can I do to recover this relationship I love you I'm so sorry
1: right even if I thought I wasn't on camera mic'd up the things I said were horrible right especially about a good friend yeah i'm so sorry and she's like to play no it off,
0: excuse right she plays it off like uh i don't actually think those things and right. it's like well
1: but they please. come from somewhere
0: right and then she
1: oh the thing she kept saying was it comes from a place of hurt which is a real housewives tactic i feel like it's like a way yeah. to sidestep responsibility like well i'm not a bad person i was just hurt
0: And it's how mean people navigate relationships with each other. Like, we're all mean and awful to each other. Who was Mm -hmm. meaner and more awful?
1: Right, you know? And now they're both being pretty mean and awful. I mean, Meredith was talking some shit on this episode to anyone who would sit down and listen. Yeah. I mean, she she accused Lisa of having an affair, Mm -hmm. which, okay. Sure. Um, But then she accused her of, like, having sex for money essentially right
0: <laughs> having sex to like save the business and she's also throwing their business under the bus saying this yes. family business isn't bringing in any money or it's an in- insane dad or whatever right
1: she's like oh well why is there this sec filing as if it just kind of like floated down one day right in front of Meredith as if she didn't go like seeking out information about Lisa's businesses yeah I mean it's a lot
0: it's It's pretty dicey
1: I will say though that Lisa's behavior around all this does feel very Mormon to me Mm -hmm. there is this sense of like I'm not a bad person I cannot even be open to the possibility that I am anything but morally superior and righteous Mm -hmm. so there has to be 65 other reasons why I did a horrible thing
0: right and also just the waiting to say anything she's not like coming to her friend and saying like oh my god I can't believe you heard that I can't believe I said that I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry instead of doing that she just waits yeah and waits and waits and waits like as if somebody else is going to come to her or if not that it's just going to blow over we're just not going to address it
1: Right. Not addressing things. That's peak Mormon right there. There's yeah. a passive aggressiveness, a delusion. And like, I recognize that good people can do horrible things. Yeah. And horrible people can do good things. Everybody is a mixture of both. But yeah. when you're deep in Mormonism, I don't think that's how Mormons see themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not like, I am both good and bad. It's like, I am fighting every minute of my life to be only good because the natural man is an enemy to God, right? So like, if you are telling me I did something bad, the stakes are high. Yeah. And I can't, I can't accept that.
0: Right. And there has to be a workaround. Like there is no humble pie. It is like, okay, but I am so righteous. Everything I do is good. Right. Everything I do is coming from this place of wanting to be so righteous. Mm -hmm. you know I find that really interesting people like that drive me crazy yes Uh uh-huh because we know them well Katie they have like
1: framed our entire
0: lives and how hard is it to just say oh you know what you're right oh my gosh you know I'm so sorry that I shouldn't have
1: said that
0: yeah that's super sucked I am I'm so sorry what can I do You know, this is a
1: weird little tangent, but one of my like phases of post-Mormon deconstruction was when I started apologizing to people for things I said to them when I was Mormon that were Mm. really fucked up. Mm -hmm. But that at the time I was like, oh, no, 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 that was fine. (laughs) I went through this little phase of doing that. And Mm -hmm. there were definitely like positive interactions that came from it where people were like, thank you for saying that, you know, like, yeah, that was (laughs) fucked up. But I understand because I was also deeply entrenched in some beliefs that made me do and say fucked up things. But then there were other people who were like, I don't remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, it was a journey. (laughs) And I do think (laughs) it's reflective of like, there's something about leaving Mormonism that makes you realize like, I'm a fallible person and I need to take ownership of that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes
0: that hurts people. Right. I forgot about that you've talked about that <laughs> journey before I think that's that's really something it
1: was very pure and precious and maybe yeah. a little silly but it is what mm-hmm. it is
0: good for you okay let's
1: dive into the most Mormon scenes of the episode yeah. which are at Whitney Rose's house yes Whitney's daughter Bobby Rose is making a list it's like a pro-con list about men. I think in essence, it's like, this is the kind of man I'm looking for.
0: Right. It didn't totally make sense. No. She's like, I like um, athletic. It's yeah. Like, that's calling really it a pro-con, a pro-con list con. was a
1: yeah. little confusing. She's but just thinking about boys.
0: The essence of
1: it. I was like, oh, have I ever made those lists in a very Mormon context in
0: particular?
1: <laughs> yeah. Tell me, did
0: you write letters to your future husband in Young Women? 100%. Wrote letters to my future husband, to my future self, wrote a list of attributes that mm-hmm. were absolutely necessary in a future husband. And like husband. return
1: missionary was at the
0: top. Oh, I don't remember that, but I maybe. It was
1: in my world.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, but we were like told to make a list of attributes and Like to return to that when we start seriously dating as adults Mm -hmm. and to like take it really seriously. Yes. You know, this was like a semi
1: regular activity that we were doing in Young Women's, which Mormon girls are in the Young Women program from 12 to 18. So starting at like 12, we're like imagining this future husband and writing to him. I wrote a letter. I wonder if I still have it.
0: I you might have kept it
1: out of morbid like fascination. Um, A letter I wrote to my future husband to give him on our wedding night. Oh my god, I have to find it. I bet it's in my old scriptures. I should give it to my husband.
0: Yes, you should have him read it on the air. Uh, he's gonna be like so cringed
1: out, but I might do it.
0: And he's gonna be like, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> and you're gonna be oh like, that's goodness. why I love you.
1: So yeah, I mean, they are obviously Whitney's family's out of the church, but the uh, the Mormon culture runs deep, and and I'm sure like other young girls outside of Mormonism imagine their future husbands, but it was like very systematic in the yeah. church.
0: For sure. I did have the thought while I was watching that because Whitney walks in and she's like, what are you doing, Bobby Rose? And she's just kind of like poking fun at her and they're laughing about it. And then Heather shows up and Heather joins in and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, and they're just laughing. And I'm like, I feel like growing up, I could never talk about like being boy crazy, you know, like you could talk about it in reference to like your future husband, (laughs) but like not actually like talking about boys even you know? that
1: wasn't like fun and light and giddy it was like no. serious it was serious it was like my future husband will be a righteous priest at older
0: what Woo-hoo. you're 12 yeah you're 12 <laughs> calm and, down but i was such a boy crazy kid it was just refreshing for me to see this girl who's going through like the totally normal, natural time of being boy crazy. And her mom's just like, haha, you're funny. You yeah. Know? That was real sweet. It was sweet. Let's talk about the Utah
1: accents in the Rose household <laughs> because they are
0: powerful.
1: Uh huh. I noted when Whitney's husband, Justin, says, I don't know how I feel about this. Ooh, Phil. F I L L. P H
0: I L. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it's just like the laziest accent you've ever heard. It
1: is peak Utah accent. That Ooh. is it. And then later they go down to their speakeasy in their basement. Um, and Whitney says, like, the fact that we have a bar in our home, it's such a big dill. It's
0: such a big deal.
1: D I L L. <laughs>
0: dill <laughs> it's such a funny <laughs> funny accent like de- like that that lazy ill sound and then like mountain mountain you know we're going to the yep. mountain one thing i noted from that sing when they when they go into the speakeasy the pocket door the like hidden pocket door i was like <laughs> utah women love a pocket door <laughs> i bet yes. there's pocket doors in all these houses anything
1: any sliding entryway oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're at Winnie's house, they're in their little speakeasy, and she tells Heather, I've decided to resign from the church. Mm-hmm. Like officially. And she frames it as like, I've been doing all this kind of healing work cut to her with an energy healer. So interesting. Yes. And she's like, yeah, I've been doing all this healing work. I have this childhood trauma. It's rooted in the church. So I'm going to like officially remove my name from the records at the church. Mm-hmm. And Heather's like "Uh, skeptical yeah. and anxious. Yes. And I want to talk about this interaction because I think it is fascinating for
0: sure i'm not surprised by heather's reaction but i'm disappointed because whitney obviously is turning to the friend who she thinks she can like rely on most of this information to be Mm -hmm. like i understand i'm kind of going through the same thing but instead heather's like like what are you really gonna get out of this you Mm -hmm. know um like how will your day-to-day life be any different
1: right and And Whitney's Whitney's like like, it (laughs) won't but i'm talking about like deep internal trauma and like this is almost a symbolic act though there are like material consequences right but yeah i'm with you like i understood heather's reaction because of what we know about heather yeah and also to be totally honest because of my own like anxieties about removing my name from the records of the church right
0: the number one
1: anxiety is your family will find out yes and that's basically what Heather says. She's like, even though my dad is dead and my mom isn't speaking to me, which, whoa, Heather's mom is not speaking yeah. to her.
0: Mom show. She's like, even
1: with all that, I still want to be a good daughter. And um, she describes like removing her name from the records of the church as plunging a knife in the back
0: of her family.
1: Yeah, Ooh, sure. Like the ultimate betrayal.
0: Yeah. And um, I don't know if we've addressed this on the podcast before, but neither of us have removed our records pretty much for the exact same reason. I mean, for that reason and also because it's like it takes some steps. Yeah. You know, it's not just like an email. You have to like to actually take (laughs) some steps. Right.
1: Yeah. It feels like giving the church too much power in some ways. Uh Though I know lots of people who feel differently and I really respect people who choose to take that step. Like, I think that is great if that's where you're at, like on your journey. But I did relate to Heather's anxiety about what's her family going to think they're going to feel so betrayed. Mm -hmm. I've already put them through, you know, me leaving very publicly This just feels like a lot. And Mm -hmm. she also still clearly has some like sort of theological anxiety. She's like, you're choosing outer darkness. You're choosing. Yeah. I I think on some level she still kind of believes. And I, again, sort of relate to that in the back of your head. You're like, "If, if there's any chance any of this is even really true, I am really fucking myself eternally
0: <laughs> yeah you're fucked yeah. i know i was kind of taken aback i mean not that we haven't seen this in past seasons but when she said that thing to whitney about you're choosing outer darkness i was like wow like proving again like ether is such a mormon yeah you know? such a like, mormon they found a mormon mormon for <laughs> their show really did and good on them because She's great. I-, I love her. But yeah, she's like truly speaking to like the plight of many uh, ex-Mormons there. Yes, uh, it's really true. She's speaking the language.
1: She even talks about removing your name as excommunication, which it's not. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Um. But she talks about it in that way where it's like she thinks of it as a really negative kind of dark thing. Mm-hmm in the way that excommunication is very negative, like you're being rejected by the church or you are rejecting the church and your family, essentially. Yeah, it's intense stuff. I will say too, like, I don't know what the process is if you want to officially resign from other religions. Like if you were Mm -hmm. born into a Catholic family and baptized and your name exists within Catholic records, I don't really know what that looks like. But in Mormonism- It is a little ridiculous, Mm -hmm. historically, to remove your name. So it used to be that you would, like, go to your bishop and tell him, remove me from the records. And then you're kind of counting on the bishop to actually do something about that. And I can't tell you how many people I ran into as a missionary who were like, their names were on word records, and they were like, leave me the fuck alone. I've told you a hundred times, I don't want anything to do with the church. I want out. Take my name off. But the bishops, I mean, I sat in word councils where bishops were like, we're not doing that.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you always could appeal directly to, like, send a letter, you know, (laughs) sidestep your bishop and go higher. But you were always just kind of at the mercy of the church. Like, are they actually going to do this? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, why would they? So QuitMormon.com is, like, a relatively recent development where this man, he's a lawyer. He set up this website where folks can request a resignation letter be sent on their behalf and it's done in this kind of systematic way and the church responds because there's like a system for it, right? And I read an article in the Salt Lake Tribune from 2019 and at that point in 2019, QuitMormon.com had submitted 40,000 resignations. That's crazy. And I'm sure that those numbers have continued to be staggering. Yeah. And they told him that in 2019, that he needed to start sending notarized letters because people were submitting resignations on behalf of like Thomas S. Monson, who was the prophet at the time. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Like objectively a hilarious gag. That's really gag. funny. Yeah. But it did give the church a reason to be like, oh, no, no, no. We need to create another roadblock. So now you sure. are submitting notarized letters to the church to resign
0: Mm -hmm. and and just cross your fingers that it takes yes because it might not
1: I asked a good friend of mine if I could share this because she just recently resigned she said that the sort of last straw was the AP article about abuse in the church and what a very reasonable last straw to have she was just like enough cannot be affiliated with this in any way and so she went to a notary, sent in her letter, signed it, and the church wrote her back saying, like, we've received your letter and accepted your resignation. And if you ever want to be a member of the church again, like, your local bishop can help you be rebaptized." which, blah. But the kicker was, so she's married, but she never changed her name. Never changed her name legally or in the records of the church. Mm -hmm. but the church knows she got married and they know her husband's last name
0: Mm -hmm. her
1: husband who is not a mormon and never has been and never will be and so in her notarized letter and you know they care so much about identity that they're asking you to get things notarized um she used her legal name which is the name she has used her entire life but in their responses they used her husband's last name multiple times Man, and she sent me a screenshot of it and I was like I was irate I yeah. was seeing red I was like fuck you who do these people think they are to tell you
0: what your name should be yeah if that isn't the most Mormon thing
1: one last dig man
0: yeah just turn you the on your way out yeah <laughs> oh <sighs> my gosh
1: Anyway, in summary, I love that Whitney Rose is now like a spokesperson for quitmormon.com.
0: I, I think that's love beautiful that she name dropped the website and mm-hmm. um went over all that because people will probably follow in her footsteps after seeing that episode. Like mm-hmm. maybe people who just haven't been members for a long time who are like, I want to get out, you know, yeah. officially. Yeah. I think mean, that's awesome.
1: Again, on Watch What Happens Live after the episode, Whitney was on. And um Andy Cohen asked her, like, so is it official? Like, did it take? You know, are you no longer a member? And she was like, Yep, it worked. Uh, my resignation was accepted. This was my third time trying. Mm. That's crazy.
0: Yep. Yeah. So proof sometimes it doesn't take on the first try. Yep. Yeah, that's really frustrating.
1: Anyway, love those Mormons. Love how Real Housewives of Salt Lake is like willing to go there into the Mormon content.
0: I know. They're talking about some real Mormon stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's pretty great. Though I do still want my like true blue, small town, rich Mormon family Mm-hmm. Version the TLC version. That's what yeah. I called it. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would like a character who is Heather Gay like ten years ago. Yes. In deep. deep. I want to watch that show too. Yeah. The remainder of the episode really centers around coach Shaw's 51st birthday Mm -hmm. at this real bougie house up in the foothills and you know it is what it is some drama plays out but the thing that stuck out to me was the shots where the people are walking into the party and it's nighttime you just see like the valley lights below and I was like this is what makes Salt Lake a magical place this is it Like, there are problems, to be sure. (laughs) Yeah. But there's something really, like, beautiful and majestic and magnificent about Salt Lake. It's a beautiful spot.
0: Yeah. If I was a super rich person, I don't know. No reason not to live up there.
1: Yeah. What else is there to say about this party? I mean, we already talked about how Lisa
0: and Seth have a very awkward interaction we briefly mentioned it I did love that interaction like I love Mm -hmm. how Seth I feel like often like a husband in that scenario might be like oh it's gonna be okay you know like whatever like be like this isn't really my fight even though he's she said stuff about him just being like whatever but he's straight up like I don't know you said some pretty crazy stuff (laughs) you know and she's like doubling down and coming up with excuses and he's like "Uh uh-huh you know I appreciated that and how she's
1: like i don't expect you to forgive me or whatever and he's like yep (laughs) there was one moment in particular where she said something like i've never said anything bad about meredith yeah and he's like he was literally like you gotta be kidding
0: me like his
1: face was like please yeah loved it i'm not gonna stand for this
0: it was so awkward my face is getting red (laughs) <laughs> that, like, never happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you just so heated about Lisa? I'm, a little, bit, I'm a little bit heated. <laughs> it's your mocktail
1: kicking in.
0: I know. Oh, one observation I made about the party, too, in this random house from this random character who um seems like she might become actually a character this season. Yeah, I Andy. think she's a
1: new housewife.
0: Okay. Um, There were hanging lights that looked like fly tape. Oh, it looked no. like she had fly tape everywhere and I couldn't stop seeing it.
1: I can't not think about fly tape when I think about a house in Utah, yeah. just because of our like grandparents and yeah, fly tape everywhere. So of course your brain goes straight to fly tape. Yeah. Utah fly tape. Yep. One other thought I had from the party was Heather like sees this really tall man and is like, Ooh, who's that? And it turns out he's like a former Celtic. Mm -hmm. and i just hope she's getting some action i hope she hooked up with that basketball player i just am team heather and i want her to be blissfully
0: happy i want her to have everything i want her to come out on top yes absolutely please bless heather Heather. please bless heather gay
1: so all in all great episode lots Mm -hmm. to come this season i mean i feel like the big storyline of real houses of salt lake city is jen shaw's like upcoming guilty plea and uh, you know that's its own side story that honestly is not my favorite part of the show no i just kind of endure all of that but i will say on watch what happens live Andy asked Lisa and Whitney. He was like, "Have you spoken to Jen since she pled guilty?" And they're like, "Nope." <gasps>
0: Whoa. Okay,
1: so that's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. We're in it for the Mormon content. Yeah. The end of the day.
1: Let's talk that's more the about outer, outer darkness. Interesting part of the show for sure. Yeah. Take me to outer darkness. Let's see what's up uh on that note thanks for joining us for this wonderful real housewives recap let us know if you want more yeah um, we can do these send us dm send us emails we uh love to get um we're at pod at gmail.com follow us everywhere at
0: pleaseblesspod tiktok twitter instagram youtube youtube subscribe on youtube watch our videos rate and review and- rate and review please if you're having a good day
1: if you're feeling
0: cheerful yeah Um, If you're if you're liking what we're doing
1: and yeah please bless these real
0: housewives some of them more than others yeah and please bless this podcast amen